Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and toquettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Monday, September 12th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Thanks for joining us. Time for another week, and I hope you had a great weekend. People all across America were uh, observing a, a good thing and a bad thing. Of course, the good thing being the kickoff of the NFL season, and the bad thing being the 15th anniversary of the horrific attacks of September 11th, 2001. And uh, the two uh, items kind of uh, mingled over the weekend as well with uh, some NFL players taking a knee or raising a fist during the national anthem as a protest uh, to this country's um, lack of concern, shall we say, for black lives, uh, for uh, poor people, for a lot of things, I guess. And uh, it's kind of uh, kind of ironic to me because I always consider that this war on drugs and especially this war on marijuana is one of the catalysts that continues this racism and this this uh, propagation of of violence and and problems in plagued communities, the black communities and, and Latino communities. And the NFL, of course, is staunchly anti-marijuana to the point where it won't even allow its players to use medical marijuana in the states where 20 of the 32 teams play where it's legal. And uh, so it, it just kind of flummoxed me a little bit to have the uh, to have this going on when the uh, NFL is rejecting the legalization of marijuana, which could do so much to help exacerbate some of these problems that we're facing in this country. So um, we'll keep our eye on that for uh, the rest of the football season and uh, give you my take on it uh, when we get a chance. But right now, let's start talking about marijuana. After all, this is a two-hour marijuana show. Coming up on our show today, we've got Dr. Mitch Wine joining us at half past for our cannabis science segment, cannabis Q&A. You can get your questions answered by one of the leading researchers on marijuana and its effect on society and culture. We've got our new phone number. You can actually call in live if you want to ask your question live. Our phone number here is 650-LEGAL-MJ, 650-LEGAL-MJ, that's 534-2565. And uh, I figured out how to get the uh, Hangouts uh, pop-up to work, so I should see your calls as they come in this time. At the end of the show today, or at least end of hour one today, we'll have time for a radical rant where I'm going to tell you about the exquisite, exquisite prohibition supporting anti-marijuana legalization bat shittery of one of my favorite stoners against legalization, an attorney in California named Letitia Pepper. And I have been going rounds on Twitter today. If you've been following my feed, you're probably tired of me feeding the trolls. But I tell you what, man, it really builds up the radical rant. I got plenty to say today, and we'll get to that at the end of this first hour. Also coming up in the first hour, we've got our Behind the Headlines segment. And in Behind the Headlines today, we told you about that uh, pharmaceutical company makes the uh, fentanyl down there in Arizona that uh, raised $500,000 to fight Prop 205. You know, they said they were doing it for the children, 
Turns out they were lying. Can you believe that? A pharmaceutical company lied. Li Fang in The uh, Intercept has the uh, story, and we'll bring that to you in Behind the Headlines. In our drug war data mining, we're looking back at a story in USA Today about the DEA and how they are mining our travel records so that they can gain money through asset forfeiture. Then stay tuned for Hour 2, Toker Talk Radio. Our phone lines will be open at 650-LEGAL-MJ. We'll tell you how Idaho is struggling with Western pot. We've got estimates for the cannabis industry topping $50 billion. We've got uh, Congress pushing for drug testing for unemployment, cannabis to treat anorexia, Jim McMahon and other NFL players that are uh, for medical marijuana, and more bat shittery from the uh, anti-marijuana donor out there in Pennsylvania who gave $1.3 million on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You're going to be a great granddad. Pretty cool. Morgan is Ray Dawn's son. Uh, Morgan and his wife, Tracy, they've been trying to have a baby for quite some time. <laughs> Did you hear what I said to Morgan? What? Do you know who the father is? <laughs> the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I beat China all the time. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, September 12, 2016. Austin, Texas. Prosecutors in the most populous counties in Texas are increasingly dismissing minor marijuana possession cases, according to an analysis by the Austin American Statesman. Quote, jurors would look at us like we are crazy, Travis County Prosecutor Dan Hamry told the newspaper. 
You're spending your time, our time, and the court's time on a small amount of personal marijuana? End quote. In 2011, Tarrant County, where Austin is located, dismissed just 9% of their possession cases, and Dallas County dismissed about 18%. Last year, Tarrant dropped a quarter of their cases, and Dallas dropped over 40%. Other counties throughout Texas seem to follow the same dramatic decline. Arrests for possession haven't budged much, but now some counties are using drug court programs that drop the charges if the defendant completes a rehab program. Annapolis, Maryland. Black lawmakers in Maryland are outraged that none of the state's recently granted medical marijuana business licenses belongs to a company led by minority owners. On Friday, Delegate Cheryl D. Glenn of Baltimore discussed possible emergency legislation to scrap the current licenses and reboot the nine-month process with new rules to better address diversity in the industry. Lawmakers had raised this point in 2014, but the Maryland Attorney General's Office issued an opinion that taking race into account in licensing would be illegal without first proving discrimination already exists in the industry. One of the minority-owned companies that did not make the cut for licenses is considering suing the state for not taking steps to achieve diversity in licensing, asking for the entire process to be restarted from scratch. Patient advocates counter that there has already been too much delay in starting the program, and starting licensing over now would just put the first medicine for patients even further down the road. Sacramento, California. While the eyes of the nation will be on California as it decides on statewide marijuana legalization this November, Californians will also be deciding on 62 local marijuana measures that will impact legalization if it passes. The variety of proposals include local marijuana tax measures, ranging from 2.5% to 20%, limits on dispensaries, and bans on commercial grows. About one-third of the local votes came by way of citizen initiatives, and some of the remaining two-thirds were placed by local lawmakers to compete with the citizen initiative. In Costa Mesa, for example, two citizen initiatives propose a limit of eight or four dispensaries, and they face off against the city council's measure banning marijuana shops. Officials estimate the local taxes on the ballot will bring in as much as $22 million annually to cities and counties. Ottawa, Canada. Canadian Public Safety Minister Ralph Goodale slammed the, quote, ludicrous situation, end quote, that has denied a Canadian man entry to the United States because he admitted to past marijuana use. Matthew Harvey was barred entry to the U.S. when customs agents asked him whether he had ever used marijuana recreationally. Harvey, a medical marijuana patient, admitted he had tried marijuana before joining Health Canada's medical marijuana program, but he was not carrying any marijuana at the time. Customs doesn't ask about marijuana as a matter of course, but may bring up the issue if they suspect someone of smuggling. Harvey's work in British Columbia's marijuana industry may have tiffed, tipped off the agents to question Harvey about pot. Ironically, Harvey was traveling to Washington State, where marijuana is legal when he was denied entry. This situation will only get more complicated as the government of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is currently initiating marijuana legalization in all of Canada. Raleigh, North Carolina. New data from public policy polling has Florida's Medical Marijuana Amendment 2 sitting at 70% support, well over the 60% it needs to become a part of the Florida Constitution. Only 23% of those surveyed oppose the amendment. 
This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Monday, September 12th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. Marijuana is not addictive, but listening to the Russ Belleville Show is. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of the Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we take a look at a story published today by Lee Fong at The Intercept. The title of the story, Pharma Company Funding Anti-Pot Fight Worried About Losing Business, Filing Show. This, of course, refers to Incest Therapeutics, Incest Therapeutics, Inc., uh, Last day of August, August 31st, they donated a half million dollars to the group that's opposed to Proposition 205 in Arizona. That would be Arizonans for Responsible Drug Policy. Of course, it was uh, kind of ironic that they were donating to some group called Responsible Drug Policy when INSYS is one of the most irresponsible drug manufacturers out there. Been investigated by six different states, already settled with the state of Oregon. They got some other lawsuits pending. Uh, all sorts of pay-to-play accusations and fraud and, and pushing this highly addictive drug of theirs uh, on the market to uh, off-label uses, something like 70% off-label uses. It was originally made uh, for people with serious late-stage cancer pain. It's a fentanyl uh, sublingual kind of spray or drug or liquid or whatever. Uh, fentanyl, of course, is the opioid that is 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine, okay? So responsible drug policy, my ass, this is a, a company that is nothing better than a corporate drug pusher. So when they, when they put this half billion into defeating marijuana legalization in Arizona, they, of course, uh, said that they were doing it for the children. Yes, of course, the children. 
They, uh, the spokesperson told the Arizona Republic that the company opposes the legalization measure, Prop 205, quote, because it fails to protect the safety of Arizona's citizens and particularly its children, end quote. Yeah, because, you know, drug companies that manufacture synthetic super heroin uh, have a lot of concern about the kids. That's that's their first priority is the kids, right? Well, Lee out at the intercept has done a little digging and he took a look at the investor filings for Insys. Now, it's interesting to note that Insys, and they're based out of Phoenix, by the way, Insys only markets one drug. It only markets this fentanyl thing. Uh, what Subsys, I think, is what is their brand name for it. That's the only drug they're pushing. And there was some theorization that, well, they're putting a half million against legalization because they've seen the numbers. They've seen that in the states that have access to marijuana, that uh, there's far fewer pharmaceutical drugs that are prescribed to people, far especially when it came to painkillers. And that would be, you know, their bread and butter. That didn't really wash with me because that data that show far fewer prescriptions referred to the medical marijuana states. Arizona's had medical marijuana since 2010. So INSIS is a little late to the party if the point was to forestall a reduction in painkiller sales because of access to cannabis. Well, the filings that uh, The Intercept has uh, taken a look at here offer a little bit more clarity to what's going on here. According to Lee, he writes, quote, Insys is currently developing a product called the Dronabinol Oral Solution, a drug that uses a synthetic version of THC to alleviate chemotherapy-caused nausea and vomiting. In an early filing related to the Dronabinol drug, assessing market concerns and competition, Insys filed a disclosure statement with the Securities and Exchange Commission stating plainly that legal marijuana is a direct threat to their product line. And here's the quote. Here's the quote that Insys wrote to the SEC, you know, stock market people, quote, legalization of marijuana or non-synthetic cannabinoids in the United States could significantly limit the commercial success of any dronabinol product candidate. If marijuana or non-synthetic cannabinoids were legalized in the United States, the market for dronabinol product sales would likely be significantly reduced and our ability to generate revenue and our business prospects would be materially adversely affected. Yeah, they also explain that dronabinol is, quote, one of a limited number of FDA-approved synthetic cannabinoids in the United States, and therefore in the United States, dronabinol products do not have to compete with natural cannabis or non-synthetic cannabinoids. So not a surprise here. Not a surprise, but uh, it's nice to know that we have the actual proof. And, you know, the pharmaceutical companies have been opposing marijuana legalization quietly for a long time. Behind the scenes, they, they funded the, you know, the community anti-drug coalitions and the partnership for drug-free America, all that kind of stuff. But it's always donate the money kind of behind the scenes and let the propaganda people take care of it. This donation by Insys is the first one I can point to that is it's open out in the open, plain as day. They're battling legalization because it's bad for their bottom line. Well, Insys and the rest of you pharmaceutical companies, if you don't like marijuana legalization, you're not going to like the future. 
because we are tired of having to pay your markups and we want to treat ourselves with a plant. Look at yourself before you pass judgment. That's a good thought. Happy 420 to the state of Utah. 420 in the Mountain Time Zone. Happy 420 to all of you. Hope you're having a good day and uh, make sure you get your safety briefing taken care of. We'll be right back with drug war data mining, how the DEA is spying on our travel records for profit. Maui Wowie, Acapulco Gold, California Kush, our strains stretch everywhere too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted, available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. I'm Radical Russ from the Russ Belleville Show. Senator Mark Madsen of Utah. Mark, welcome to the show. Everybody kind of turns a blind eye. They obviously have to go to some other state. Representative Lou Fredericks. We're going to get something on the order of nonviolent possession offenses. State Representative Kathy Tilton. Where does it go from personal use to commercial use? It's the Russ Belleville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I am a round peg in a square hole. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. Today in the Data Mines, we take a look at an expose that was published last month in USA Today. Don't know how I missed it, but I definitely want to talk about it. And it regards the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, which has been regularly Mining the travel information of American citizens for profiling purposes to try to find who might be carrying money for drug traffickers. Now, the purpose, of course, is not to make arrests. Purpose is not to build any sort of criminal case or take down any kingpins or cartels or anything like that. 
It's just simply a way to make a buck. This, of course, refers to asset forfeiture, and we've talked about that a lot of times on the show. The part of our law that says cops, if they believe that your uh, property or your money is the ill-gotten gains of criminal activity, they can seize it. They can just take it. Oh, 15000 in cash? Well, uh, we think you might be a dope dealer. We're going to take that cash. And this is exactly what they've been doing by profiling passengers on Amtrak trains and most of the major U.S. airlines and from a network of travel industry informants, including ticket counters, back offices at travel agencies, and so forth, according to USA Today. So what they do is, is they, they single out any of the people that they think are suspicious. Uh, this could be just traveling one way to California. Oh, you're headed to California, must be a dope dealer. Or you bought a ticket in cash. Oh, you paid cash, must be a dope dealer. Now, this isn't, this isn't the, the, the NSA metadata, all that stuff we learned from Snowden. This is a separate whole thing. We still have all that to worry about, too, you know, about them spying on us without warrants. So uh, this has been in play with the DEA for years now. Uh, according to the USA Today report, they, the DEA patrolled 15 of the nation's busiest airports and seized more than $209 million in cash from over 5,000 people over the past decade just by concluding that, well, it was part of drug trafficking. Now, again, with this asset forfeiture, they don't have to prove that you don't have to have drugs on you. They don't have to prove that you were doing anything. You could just say it was you know, a suspicion, a hunch, a, a theory. And if they got the littlest bit to tie you to that theory, they keep the cash. And your cash is guilty until proven innocent. You have to go to court and prove that your cash was actually legitimate cash to get it back. And of course, a lot of people can't afford the time or the money to do that. And so the DEA just gets to keep, well, some of the money. Most of the money gets passed on to the local police departments that help the DEA. So there's this incentive for the local cops to be pointing out, oh, hey, check that guy out. He might have some money on it. So uh, they seize the money. They give you a receipt. Sometimes, you know, we're talking like $50,000 that they'll take from people and then just send people on the way, right? No arrests, no crimes. Now, USA Today asked the DEA, just how are you getting these travel records anyway? And uh, the DEA would not comment. But in their investigation, they did find some of the details that are going on. There's uh, one case in 2009 where agents took over $44,000 from two people traveling on the train from Denver because they did, quote, a a routine review of the computerized travel manifest for Amtrak. So DEA is just looking at all the travel manifests for all the trains without warrants, without cause, just, just fishing ex expeditions. Really? There's 87 cases that USA today found where agents got tipped off on someone just having a suspicious itinerary. Just, uh, they, you know, bought their uh, ticket with cash or it's a one-way trip, no luggage or whatever. They were able to profile passengers on Amtrak, on the airlines, 
often without the airlines or Amtrak's consent. American Airlines spokesman said, quote, we won't release that information without a subpoena, end quote. So where are, how are they getting into this data? How are they getting to this? It's uh, the, the suspicious itineraries. It's uh, is what leads then the officers, the agents to start questioning someone. If that person's asking, acting nervous, they then bring in the drug dog, search through their bags. There are many stories that they list here in the USA Today uh, article. Here's one. $25,000 seized from a guy's suit, uh, uh, from a lady's suitcase boarding a flight from Detroit to Chicago. She was on a one-way ticket to LA. She said the money was her boyfriend's money from his postal service retirement account so they could buy a truck. But since she had had a conviction prison time for driving marijuana into the US from Mexico, they figure well she's a dealer. And the drug dogs came in. They could smell drugs on the cash. But, folks, there's drugs on 90% of American cash, <laughs> right? That, that's the, the lamest excuse they have in their arsenal, the cops, is when they, oh, we, the dog alerted to your money. Well, he should. <laughs> there's drug residue, detectable drug residue on 90% of U.S. cash, folks. It's just an automatic warrant on a leash anytime they bring that dog, drug dog in. million seized by the DEA out of LAX alone. It's an amazing story. We'll dig into it more on another show. When we return, Dr. Mitch Earlywine with the latest Cannabis Q&A. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. How high do you like your profit margin? CannabisRadio.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hey, this is Willie Nelson for Norman. And I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Each year on my birthday, every American gets a cupcake. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. 
Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. It's time for the Russ Belleville Show's Cannabis Q&A with Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Dr. Earlywine is a professor of psychology at the State University of New York at Albany and a leading author and researcher on cannabinoids and health who pins the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times Magazine. Get your questions ready in our live chat or call in to 971-533-7111 now. Welcome back, everybody. Time for our Canvas Q&A and a quick update. We've got a new phone number here at the Russ Belville Show. The phone line is 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. And we've got Dr. Mitch Earlywine on Skype joining us. How are you doing, Dr. Mitch? Hope you can hear me. Yeah, we can hear you just fine. Clear as a bell. And uh, we've got so much to get to that I want to jump right into it. So uh, let's start with this uh, story out of Stanford University where engineers there are supposedly developing the potalyzer, a saliva test for the cops. Uh, Tell us about this, Dr. Mitch, and uh, are they going to be successful at it? I'm super impressed with the mechanics behind it, but the rationale is still not right. Unfortunately, uh, so many nanograms per milliliter of spit for you is probably completely different than for me. We need roadside sobriety tests, like I've been saying since 2002. If you can juggle and ride a unicycle along the side of the road, odds are high you can drive. I have no idea, depending on tolerance, what any of this is going to mean. I am super impressed that they can detect THC in <laughs> little bitty amounts of spit, but it doesn't really tell us about how you're going to drive. And it just seems to me, well, I, like I always say, it's not like legalization invents cars and, and pot smokers. Uh, it, it, we've been around for a long time. But uh, it seems to me that if, if they need a test to try to figure out that someone's too high to drive, then they're not very observant. Uh, shouldn't there be, you know, bloodshot eyes? And, and, and for that matter, how do you get a spit uh, uh, a sample out of someone with dry mouth? Good, good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will keep our eye on this uh, stuff, you know, this potalyzer stuff. I'm afraid it's there's so much public will for it. It might be tough to fight this, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it. All right. Let's get to this other story. Uh, great study. Uh, we get so many questions on this about marijuana use and pregnancy. And there seems to be some good news out of this latest study. Uh, can you run that down for us? Russ, no matter what I say, I end up uh, nailed to a cross on People Magazine with this. So here's a huge meta-analysis basically saying that cannabis use during pregnancy across 31 different studies with literally thousands of different women suggests that there really aren't any negative consequences as far as risk for low birth weight is concerned. Now, can other things go awry? Well, yeah, of course, but they weren't all measured in these. There are some other data suggesting you might be more likely to end up in the NICU if you're a heavy cannabis user, but it turns out that may be uh, partly a a product of socioeconomic status correlates, which is part of another study we're probably going to get to later on. Super heavy doses in animal work does suggest that Uh, Maybe, you know, you shouldn't smoke nine (laughs) pounds of pot a day while you're pregnant, but that's hardly news. 
And uh, we don't know about the long-term data. There was one study suggesting the kids were more likely to have ADHD if their moms used cannabis during pregnancy, but they forgot to measure ADHD in the moms. Hmm. So all in all, there isn't a lot of evidence to suggest that this is a terrible idea. But if I say it's not such a bad idea, I get emails really ranting. Yeah, even the even the headline here says marijuana is safe during pregnancy. Experts do not encourage. <laughs> so I'll, I'll put you in that expert category, right? Thanks kindly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that stood out to me uh, on the write-up on this story was how they did initially find some problems that they had found in these other uh, studies. But once they corrected for tobacco use, they went away. Is that something that's confounding a lot of these reports that we get that are kind of anti-marijuana? And we've seen tons of evidence literally going back uh, close to a century now suggesting that that cigarette smoking during pregnancy is a terrible idea. Uh, Circumference of the head is decreased and birth weight is definitely down. So uh, if you try to statistically control for it, though, you're sort of making certain assumptions that we really can't make. Obviously, one cannabis joint and one cigarette aren't the same. We have no idea how deep somebody inhales. It's just it's just kind of a rough estimate. But clearly, if you don't do something to control for tobacco use, you're, you're not going to get the results you need. In this next story, uh, science has finally figured out why I have such a low bank balance. According to this, science says smoking pot will make you poor. <laughs> What's wrong with that? We've actually seen correlational data in the economics literature suggesting this isn't the case at all, but they do uh, do some laboratory studies. We've seen these even since the early 90s where if people are high and then they're offered a chance to uh, do some ridiculous task for a small amount of money, what a surprise they say, no thank you. I think of this as more I'm unwilling to sell widgets for the man, but other yeah. people see this as some kind of issue uh, akin to amotivational syndrome. I really want to emphasize that there is no such thing as amotivational syndrome, and Tom Denson and I showed that actually what that may be is people who are clinically depressed and using cannabis to self-medicate. The late comedian uh, Bill Hicks used to say that cannabis doesn't make you lazy. It just makes you realize that some things aren't worth the fucking effort. <laughs> so maybe there's something to be said for that. Uh, as I as I was covering this story last week, I, I, I read it in a lot of different outlets. And, and it, one thing stood out to me, Dr. Mitch, and it was that this finding about the, you know, the, the while you're high, you'll be lazy or, or poor. That was, you know, slam dunk. Science says this is for sure. But the other finding that long term chronic cannabis consumers, when they're not high, had no different motivation than than controls. Oh, well, you know, this is a preliminary thing and we need more study and we're not sure and we'll have to replicate. (laughs) In fact, we've seen this down in Costa Rica where actually the people don't actually buy cannabis until they have enough money to pay for it. So (laughs) it's actually the people who are employed who seem to do better. It's really uh, just just a question of of your social situation and this uh, idea that there really is no lingering effect on motivation once the uh, intoxication period is over is pretty pretty much something we can count on. Yeah. All right. There's new data that came out from the Monitoring the Future study, and it surfaced in the news in, in a few different ways. I'll kind of throw these three different stories together. One was that pot legalization dramatically decreases drug use. Another said that pot use rises on college campuses while other drug use declines. 
And a third one, and this one even got satirized on uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live and, uh, and uh, Stephen Colbert's show, that parents are more likely to smoke weed than teens. Uh, give us your impression of, of these new data from uh, monitoring the future and, and what it means about legalization. Well, I think it's knocking on the door that we've been saying uh, all along. In fact, yes, we do have evidence that teens are starting to get the message that cannabis really isn't for them. Their parents, however, really don't have much to fear except uh, legal ramifications and not even a bigger waistline, as we'll show in those other data. The pot use rising on campus and other drug use declining is something I'm absolutely delighted to hear. I was particularly concerned oh, around uh, 2001 through 2005 there where it looked like Adderall was going to become the new thing, and that seems to be down. And then these other CDC data, not only does pot legalization dramatically decrease drug use, it's decreasing drug use where we really want to see it among the teenage kids. So legalized areas do not have heavy use of folks who are underage in part because the underground market is just starting to dry up. It's really not worth it to sell to somebody who isn't of age because you're cutting off your financial resources. You know, this is another one of those stories where there was multiple uh, reports on it. And uh, a lot of them uh, focused on the idea that uh, the perception of harm from cannabis is down and the use is up and therefore they're causal there you know we think it's less scary so more of us are using it but they uh they buried uh, another finding in that uh, in that same study that was a, a more positive one uh so what do you think about this perception of risk uh element so we've never been able to actually manipulate that except in some pretty uh, artificial situations where these drug prevention uh, efforts come in and really try to hammer the risks home. And then the kids do say, yeah, I see it as risky. I'm less likely to use down the line. But we don't even have two-year follow-up data on some of those. Hmm. So it's been correlational throughout and not even in the same individual sometimes. <laughs> it's just these giant samples where, in general, the more risk, in general, the less use. But it's not a very strong effect. I think it's counting for maybe 9% of the variance. There's there's more going on here than just that simple one to one relationship. And uh, to conclude here, we've got a couple of studies on marijuana and health, and one of them uh, restates something that we've heard before on the show, and that's that uh, cannabis consumption may lead to a lower body mass index. And then another study that came out just before I went to air was talking about how cannabis can be good for the treatment of anorexia. Don't those two things kind of seem the opposite, right? One is going to make you skinnier. The other one's going to make you eat. It's kind of weird because the, the lower body mass index stuff has actually all been correlational. And this is now the fourth giant data set to confirm that, yes, cannabis users are generally smaller uh, on body mass indices. But uh, we've never really seen somebody manipulate the variable, somebody randomly assign folks to use cannabis, and we don't even have pre-post. So if you happen to have lost weight after you started using cannabis, could you go ahead and email me and tell me? Because i got to get something better than this published sooner or later. Now, the anorexia thing, I'm doing a lot of clinical work with anorexics right now in Albany, and I'll tell you, they're really conflicted about this, but it does make their initial meals, you know, if you've been basically 
you know, fasting day after day for a year, it's super hard to start eating again and have it be comfortable. And they know it's going to enhance appetite, which scares the hell out of them enough. But those first meals coming back that are normal sized actually are uncomfortable for the stomach and cannabis actually eases that pain much like we've seen with joint pain and everything going back to Shenang in 2800 BC so I think there's some potential here but everybody's just super freaked out by the whole thing so we'll have to wait and see what happens all right. Well, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is the host of Burning Issues here on CannabisRadio.com. And if you've got a question for him, but you're just too shy to bring it up on the air, you can always send it in privately via email. Just email to 420research at gmail.com. That's 420research at gmail.com. And uh, real quick, who do you have or, or what can we look forward to on the uh, podcast? So my student, uh, Raina Macher, is still up there. Some really intriguing stuff on uh, basically how neuropsych testing of cannabis users is probably a little suspect. And she just got a paper published basically showing that not only undergraduates, but actually neuropsych testers uh, have great JDAR. They can tell they can tell <laughs> a pot user from a non-pot user. So the whole idea that you're getting your testing done blind may be a little bit suspect. Well, Dr. Mitch, I got to thank you for introducing JDAR to my vocabulary. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that one. That's a good one. I like that. All right. Well, well we, we slipped it into the title of the paper, so by all means, enjoy. Very nice. Thanks, Dr. Mitch. We'll talk to you next week. Looking forward to it. All right. Stay tuned, folks. We'll have time for a radical rant here coming up just after this two-minute break on the exquisite, exquisite anti-marijuana legalization pro-prohibition shittery of Letitia Pepper in California. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct! Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, <laughs> more flavor. Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You know, during Dance with the Stars, I started feeling discomfort. Yeah. And not only that, I was doing these old mountain smells. And it was kind of embarrassing because, you know, the, all the Dancing with the Stars crew, cast and crew, you know, they were all young kids. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, this old guy would come along and do one of those silent farts, you know, that you don't know you're doing it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you smell, and everybody go, what the hell smells? And, you know, and you knew it was me. And, and so I'd scurry off to the bathroom, you know. And that's when I knew that there was something wrong. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. 
Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make them. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. and didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical Rant. Today in the Radical Rant, I got to relay to you my Twitter war of today with the queen batshit of the crazies, a true stoner against legalization, so-called attorney Letitia Pepper. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, then you've been following my show for a while, because back in the day, in 2010, when California had Prop 19 on the ballot, attorney Letitia Pepper emerged as one of the first stoners against legalization. Now, it's an interesting thing uh, dealing with her, because it reminds me that uh, of something my dad taught me when I was when I was younger. And that's that, you know, people can have all sorts of education and letters behind their name, but that don't mean they're sane. That don't mean they're smart. Just means that they sat in the same place for four years and did all the assignments and turned them in. (laughs) Okay. Letitia Pepper is a clear case of one of these, right? She's got her, you know, law degree and she's passed the bar and she's got all these cases she's worked on in California, but that doesn't mean she's not a little afflicted with the tinfoil hattery. So she was against Prop 19 back in the day, and now she's back against Prop 64 because it's not true legalization. And so we went rounds today on Twitter, and it was fascinating to me to just try to uncover some of the the thinking, the mindset that's going on in some of these people's heads. So first of all, she was screaming about how California's Prop 64 you know, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, the legalization initiative, how it's a pack of legal lies, Asian, legal, L-I-E-S, lies, Asian, and government plus corporate control of all food, meds, and global fascism. <laughs> wow. You know, I read all 62 pages of uh, Prop 64, and I don't remember the part about global fascism, but maybe I, maybe I missed it. And, of course, all of this is foisted upon us by George Soros, the evil George Soros. So Monsanto can genetically modify the can- cannabis plant. And they're backed by the corporate horrors of the Oaksterdam Mafia. <laughs> I know the folks at Oaksterdam, man. <laughs> Kindest people you'd ever meet. I mean, I only needed to get a Bilderberger or a trilateral commission out of her to fill out my tinfoil hat bingo card today. I love it how I love how these anti-legalization people get all up in arms about George Soros. Oh, the evil George Soros and Monsanto. 
so evil for supporting Prop 64. Now, 20 years ago, when he was bankrolling Prop 215, not so evil. No, I, don't, I never heard a bad word about George Soros from the medical marijuana people. You know, pissed off that he passed Prop 215 for us. Anyway, to continue, another thing she asserted today is that Prop 64 will take away the right, the right to grow cannabis that Californians enjoy under their constitution. That's right. I, don't, I didn't know if you knew this, but adults in California have a right to grow cannabis under the constitution. Now, I asked her a whole bunch of times where that was in the Constitution uh, because it seemed to me there's a whole bunch of sheriffs and city councils and county commissions in California that didn't get the memo about that right to grow cannabis. Finally, she did reply to it. She finally replied to it. Her reply was, California Constitution Article 2, Section 10C protects all Prop 215 rights, including grow, from being changed by the legislature, end quote. Oh, oh, Prop 215 is what you're citing. Well, first of all, Prop 215 is not in the Constitution. It's a statute. Second of all, that California Constitution part that she uh, listed is the generic part of the con- It's a generic statute or part of the Constitution, generic section of the Constitution referring to any initiative passed by the people. It says, that, you know, if the people pass an initiative that the legislature can't change that. But, you know, for her, that's a right of adults to grow cannabis. Now, funny, I don't recall any of my rights that requires a doctor's permission slip. And without that permission slip, I face a felony for even a single cannabis seedling. And, and, and she went on about this and the whole thing. A couple of other people are joining in too now. It's like, you don't be afraid of a doctor. Uh, uh, the cost for your doctor's note to be less than any of the fines or anything that you'd pay. Just go get your doctor's note. And I hear this so many times from the, the freaking medical people and the, and the stoners against legalization in California. It just makes me want to bang my head against a wall because people, medical is not legalization. Medical is not legalization. Medical isn't even decriminalization. Medical is an affirmative defense to criminal laws that you are breaking. Every patient in California right now who is possessing marijuana and growing cannabis plants is committing an infraction with possession or misdemeanor if it's over an ounce and a felony if they're growing cannabis plants and they can be arrested and charged. But if they've got their doctor's note, the case will be dismissed. Affirmative defense people. And what happens if I'm newly moved to California and I haven't gotten around to getting my doctor's permission slip and I happen to get busted with my cannabis plant? That's right. It's a felony. I'm going to prison. So don't give me Prop 215 as your excuse as to why we shouldn't pass Prop 64 because Prop 64 doesn't affect Prop 215. The other thing she wrote today, she wrote, quote, decriminalization in California has let people possess transport a lot more than a pound, end quote. Well, that's news to me because there must be some super secret decrim that passed after Arnold, Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger's one ounce decrim passed in 2010. See, here's a situation where she doesn't even know 
the definitions of the terms we're using in reform. Decriminalization in the context of marijuana reform refers to the reduction in penalty for the possession of a a personal amount of cannabis to that of an infraction with no arrest, jail time, or criminal record. That's decriminalization. California's had it since 2010. It allows you to have an ounce and only get a ticket. It does not allow you to possess and transport a lot more than a pound. Once again, she's referring to medical marijuana. She is referring to Prop 215, the special club you get to be in if you're sick or you don't mind lying to a doctor and abusing a law. And that's part of what pisses me off about these. These people coming back at me like, why don't you just go get your wreck? Why don't you just go get your wreck? Because all the people that are just getting their wreck, every single one of them is a case for a lawmaker in Georgia to stall on medical marijuana for patients that really deserve it. We don't want to turn out like California, where it's just Wild West free for all. We could finally legalize in California and end the charade that a lot of young people are playing, and for that matter, older people too, the charade that people are playing when they walk into the the dock in the tent or the sign twirler at Venice Beach or go online for that matter, And talk on Skype to someone you've never met, who's never seen your medical records, who's never examined you, claim anything, and then get a medical marijuana card. It's that loosey-goosey system of wink-wink-nudge-nudge that made every single medical marijuana state after California get increasingly more restrictive. And now we have the chance to end the bullshit and actually legalize. What else you got? Oh. Uh, Letitia Pepper said it's going to lead to more arrests than now. If we legalize an ounce and six plants, it's going to be more arrests than now because, quote, under Prop 64, cop will give you $100 plus 400 in costs ticket if neighbors smelled your weed, end quote. I, I don't know what she's referring to for a ticket here since under Prop 64, you can possess an ounce of weed legally as well as the results of your home grow harvest. So what's your neighbor complaining about that's going to get you a ticket? Stuff you're doing legally? Maybe she's confusing Prop 64 with what happens now when your neighbor complains to the cops about the weed smell. She warns that, quote, you're going to get busted left and right if Prop 64 passes, end quote. Because the Prop 64 people are liars, quote, pushing Monsanto Soros agenda, end quote. And everybody supporting Prop 64 is a paid, quote, George Monsanto Soros shill, end quote. A shill. We're all shills. Couldn't be that we just would like to go visit California and smoke some legal weed. Nope. Nope. George Soros has reached out and paid us all. Lady... I got one agenda. I've been clear about this since 2008. My agenda is keep Russ's ass out of a jail cell for smoking pot. That's it. I don't need to be paid to support that. I'm pretty selfish that way. I'm pretty cool with that agenda. I don't want my ass in a jail cell. Now, if I happen to change laws that keep my ass out of a jail cell that also keeps other people's asses out of a jail cell, raises some tax revenue, and starts to reduce crime and racism in this country, all the better. 
but this is about me keeping my ass in a jail cell, and I'm offended by anyone who says I'm a shill to have to stand up for liberty. We got more of this coming up at the top of the hour. Stay tuned. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Now it's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On dope? Where you can toke. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can toke and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Potland, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of Gonta Graphics, the sultan of Sativa Statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Hour 2. Toker Talk Radio is in effect. And pay no attention to the intro. we got to get that re-recorded because we got a new phone line here. Studio line is 650-LEGAL-MJ. 650-LEGAL-MJ. That's 650-534-2565. And uh, got some good news. We were talking about uh, California's Prop 64 and a prominent stoner against legalization, Letitia Pepper, an attorney who is vocally and virulently against Prop 64. We'll get back to that. I'm going to get back on that track in just a second. But I did want to announce some breaking news or fairly breaking news. I think it happened earlier today. Uh, Representative Barbara Lee of California has come out in support of the Adult Use of Marijuana Act and uh, glad to have her on our side. As you know, yesterday was the 15th anniversary of the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. And when it came to the authorization for the use of military force, the vote after 9-11 as to whether or not we ought to give George Bush a blank check to go to war wherever, whenever, however long he wanted to. There was one vote. One vote. 
against it. And that was Representative Barbara Lee. It was 98 nothing in the Senate. It was four, was it four th- something? Yeah, was, there were some abstentions, I think, but uh, over 400 votes to one for that authorization for the use of military force to go to war in Iraq. And uh, Barbara Lee at the time had mentioned she, she was pretty prescient. You know, she forecast that this was a blank check that it allowed George W. Bush to go to war with anyone anywhere who helped to plan or harbored or assisted in any way the attacks on September 11th. And it left it up to his determination. And so, of course, he determined that Afghanistan was a mistake. Let's go to Iraq instead. That had nothing to do with it. Barbara Lee was the only person who saw that coming and and had the courage of conviction to stand up against it. So my hat is off to Barbara Lee. And thank you for getting on board with Prop 64. All right, let's get back to this uh, Letitia Pepper tinfoil hat bat shittery. It was just so intense. And it's fun for me. I mean, a lot, a lot of people were responding to me today like, why are you feeding this troll? Why are you feeding this troll? And the reason I do is not to try to convince the troll. It's to try to give ammunition to people on our side to help deal with the confused or the low information voters that might be influenced by this batshittery. So it, it, it's, it's my way of trying to help and, and give you some tools to deal with this. So let's get back to some of our uh, some of our prognostications about the evil George Monsanto Soros and his plan to uh, corporatize marijuana and turn us all into uh, genetically modified organisms. Let's see. Where is it? Uh, oh, here we go. Now, Prop 64 in three different sections in the text says that it does not affect the medical cannabis laws. And according to Pepper, she says Prop 215 will be completely repealed by passing Prop 64 because Prop 64 is a whopping 62 pages long. And it refers to other laws. So, bad. (laughs) You (laughs) You gotta love a lawyer who complains that a law is too long. I got to give her kudos for that, I guess. (laughs) 62 pages, way too much to deal with, huh, Letitia? All right. Um, Here's the thing. California has just gone through in 2015 a very lengthy and detailed regulating, finally, statewide regulations for its medical marijuana, the Medical Cannabis Act or whatever they're calling it. That's been taken care of. And, and a lot of the things that got taken care of with this Medical Cannabis Act, this medical marijuana thing that passed in 2015, are the things that these stoners against legalization are pinning on Prop 64 with respect to medical. That ain't Prop 64's fault. That's, that's been done by the legislature. It's these medical people, some of these medical people, and I, and I believe it's a tiny minority, but still, will find purposely try to find the smallest little thing in legalization and blow it up to be the end of the world disaster that we can't possibly pass because patients will die. Never mind the, uh, never mind the healthy people who are going to prison and losing their jobs and losing their families and their assets and all that kind of stuff. 
why they should have gone to a doctor and lied and got a card. What else she got in here? Uh, Prop 64 can't possibly be actual marijuana legalization, she says, because, quote, California Libertarian Party nine-member executive committee unanimously rejected it after reading it, end quote. Oh, well, everybody knows that the California Libertarian Party is the arbiter of what is and is not legalization. What You're telling me that libertarians didn't like a law that instituted taxes and regulation? Wow, newsflash. What else she got here? Prop 64 doesn't really help because, quote, turning misdemeanor into infraction is not decriminalization. It's a way to make money. End quote. But again, like I told you, in 2010, Governor Schwarzenegger signed a law that was a decriminalization law. And what it did is it reduced a misdemeanor to an infraction because that's what the definition of the word is, Letitia. When she says decriminalization, she means like no laws. She means non-regulation. She's one of these treat it like tomatoes type people, the tilters. She also says that it's a scheme because, quote, power to tax, control and regulate is power to destroy, end quote. Yeah, you know, like how controlled, taxed and regulated alcohol has destroyed the culture of drinking in America. Why you can't find a microbrew or a locally brewed cider anywhere, can you? Because it's all taxed and controlled and regulated. Lady, what isn't taxed and controlled and regulated in this country? Even the treat it like tomatoes people, tomatoes are taxed and regulated and controlled in America. Now, I'd like to think that every movement has this kind of tinfoil ass hattery. I mean, it's the same kind of all caps style and the lame pun naming conventions as the folks who rant on and on about Hitlery or Obummer, you know, that same level of maturity. And then you've got, of course, the conspiracy hashtags. You got to have those, right? But there's just something about the combination of the outlaw mindset, anarchic politics, conspiracy theorization, hippie ethos, and anti-corporate prejudice that makes the granola of marijuana legalization just a little flakier and nuttier than most political granola. Letitia Pepper is demanding that I host a debate on Prop 64. Lady, produce your own debate. Get your own goddamn show. All right, we'll be back with more marijuana stories right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. 
While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say, Razzie Berry, we're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle, get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show. We're as much like Cheech and Chong as ordinary Americans are like the Three Stooges. Hey, Mo! don't want to spend money on a night out but don't know what to do other than watching tv or playing video games consider playing guitar bass banjo or mandolin the instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense stop by the fingerboard extension downtown corvallis at 120 northwest second street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com Remember, friends, there's more to life than marijuana. I just can't remember what it is. Why'd I come in here? You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Just catching up on my Twitter feed. It's fun. This is so much fun. (laughs) So I got a tweet back from Leticia. I said... Your turn. You defend excluding less than 21-year-olds from access to pot via Prop 64. You think cannabis is a dangerous drug. Okay, so Prop 64 does have penalties for people 18 to 20 years old who uh, access or grow marijuana. It's true. Because um, Prop 64 creates an age limit of 21 for people to use cannabis now i don't agree with it i think i think the age limit ought to be 18 i think if you can vote for president and go to war you can smoke a joint but that's neither here nor there the law makes 21 year old uh limit all the other legal states have a 21 year old limit states have 21 year old drinking age but what she is uh purposefully obfuscating here is the fact that right now people under 21 years old cannot legally access cannabis. And right now there are misdemeanors and felonies associated with 18 to 20-year-olds 20, 20 accessing and growing cannabis. Right now. 
after Prop 64 passes, all those misdemeanors and felonies for the people 18 to 20 are reduced to lower penalties. So yeah, the 18 to 20s don't get legal weed yet, but they get less punishment for it. It's better than what they've got now. Now, there's a couple other answers. This guy, Charles Wallace, jumped into the, into the, uh, into the flow, kind of on Letitia's side. And he takes offense, I guess, to, uh, to my point about a right being something you don't need a doctor's note for. I don't have to go pay someone every year for my freedom of speech. I don't have to go pay someone every year for my freedom of religion. I am not mandated by law to contribute to a private business for me to exercise my rights. But all these Prop 215 people, all these medical people, the I got's mine crowd, everything's fine just the way it is with Prop 215. Really? Then why have any legalization at all? Why are you guys pushing the Jack Herrer initiative? Why are you guys pushing MCLR? Why push any legalization initiative? Why not just keep things just the way they are forever? Everybody go out and just buy your doctor's note, your fake ass doctor's note, because you lied about why you need cannabis. Well, this is his reply. He says, all use is medicinal. Why do you think you're lying if you want pot instead of Xanax? Because, dude, I don't need Xanax. (laughs) I don't need Xanax. He also goes, why do you think you're lying if you want pot instead of Norco? I don't need Norco. I'm a healthy person. I don't even take aspirin. I don't even take Tylenol, ibuprofen. My most common medical use of a drug is chewable Tums. When I get a little indigestion sometimes. I don't need cannabis. If right now the cannabis plant went extinct across the entire planet and there was no marijuana ever forever the rest of my life, I would suffer no ill medical effects. I don't need cannabis medically. No, all use is not medical. Some of us like to get high. For some of us, it's just fun. It's just pleasurable. It's just enjoyable. I really bristle at this all uses medical frame because it distorts and makes meaningless the definition of the word medical. Medical isn't just because something made you feel good. Hell, if that's the case, then a shot of scotch is medical. Masturbation is medical. Taking a walk is medical. Sun tanning is medical. If you, if you stretch the definition that far, it comes to mean nothing. And again, all use is medical means that I have to abide by the medical doctor industry. I have to contribute to some guy's business or else I can be arrested, ticketed or arrested. I got the same problem with medical marijuana that I've got with Obamacare. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm glad that Obamacare exists and more people have insurance and pre-existing conditions aren't a problem, yada, 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 yada. But at its base, 
Obamacare forces me to have to pay a private business for their product under penalty of a fine, which is what you got in California right now with medical marijuana. I can't carry around an ounce of marijuana in California legally without the threat of a fine unless I have my little doctor's permission slip, unless I contribute to the doctor complex again, the, the whole doctor industry. So if you're one of those people who's got a problem with Obamacare, then you've got to have a problem with medical marijuana as well in California as something that's keeping your rights from you and forcing you to pay a business. I object to all this sex on the television. I mean, I keep falling off. <laughs> and that's when te- televisions were like big old console TVs, man. Not these flat screens. Well, happy 420 to everyone here in the Pacific Time Zone and my home state of Oregon. We got to take ourselves a safety briefing. And when we come back, I'll uh, I'll wrap up this tinfoil ass hattery about Prop 64. We'll get to some other news, too. We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. You're not high. You're listening to The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I opted for convenience to use my personal email account. Okay, maybe you're high too. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a good safety briefing. Returning to my Twitter war with the uh, batshit crazy stoners against legalization in California. And uh, got another response from that Charles Wallace on Twitter. 
who responded, you know, he's, he's the one that said all use is medical, right? And he responded, so you don't want to acknowledge to yourself you have a medical use for it so you can grow fewer plants and carry less. It's, they, they can't, they just can't get around the idea that some of us just smoke pot because we like it. Nope, nope, it's got to be medical. It's got to be medical. And the reason why, the reason, this is my belief on this, why these people get this all uses medical up their ass so much, is they're fig leafing. They're fig leafing. They're like the guy, they have an internalized, self-loathing prejudice against themselves that's not even at a conscious level. They, they don't recognize it. But they're fig leafing. They're, they're ashamed and they want to feel, they want to reduce that shame. They want to, they want to feel like they're special. They want to feel like a, a special protected group. I'm not a criminal. I'm a patient. Remember? Remember all that? So the fig leafing is like when the guy who's a janitor insists that you call him a custodial engineer. Right? It's, it's that kind of thing. It's, it's this... It's this framing, this, this prettying up of language, this euphemizing that is used by people who can't accept the truth about who or what they are. They can't accept the idea that someone would just smoke pot because they like it a lot, because then that would mean there are patients and potheads. And then that would call into question which of the two they are. But if they can say all use is medical, oh, okay, then we're all special. We're all special. Just like uh, Lake Wobegon. Everybody's above average, right? Anyway, Charles, if you're listening, I don't have to acknowledge to myself I have a medical use for it because I don't have a medical use for it. it. Now, I'm not denying that my cannabis use is good for me in a lot of ways it, it yeah sure it'll reduce stress it makes it easier for me to sleep sure i'll grant you that but if cannabis disappeared tomorrow i would continue to lead a long and healthy life there'd be no appreciable downside after the first couple of weeks of withdrawal of course might be a little insomnia irritability for a couple weeks but from that point forward i could live the rest of my life without ingesting marijuana and my life would be fine to me someone who's got a medical use for cannabis is someone for whom without cannabis there would be a appreciable difference in the quality of their life my friend Lindsay, who's got multiple sclerosis without cannabis she's doped up on pharmaceuticals she's living like a zombie and she's in complete pain that's someone who's got a medical use for cannabis. All right, what else we got here? Uh, Prove that it won't change after Adult Use of Marijuana Act passes because they can change the laws you are voting for, sir. Well, yeah. (laughs) See, this is this expectation, man. These people... We'll never vote for any initiative that would legalize marijuana. 
Never. Ne- at least not one that would make the ballot, right? Oh, yeah, they'd vote for Jack Herrer initiative. That ain't making the ballot, folks. Been proposed how many election cycles and never come close to making the ballot. But they will never vote for anything because what they want is an ironclad guarantee that their special little setup remains exactly the same. Don't change anything about our special little setup. Don't upset our apple cart. Nobody can make that guarantee, Charles. Legislatures go into session regularly, and lawmakers make laws regularly. But what I can tell you is that passing Prop 64 will legalize the possession of an ounce of marijuana, legalize the indoor cultivation of six plants that no city or county can ban, legalize the possession of the harvest at your home. Legal. Why so hard? That's so hard to understand. And what else? Anything? Oh, more from Letitia. Even actors know seeing a doctor is a reasonable requirement to obtain constitutionally protected right to grow. Again, name any other right that I've got to pay for. It's not a right if you're having to pay for it. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, Prop 64 specifically allows max of six plants, gives right to tax, regulate to cities, can't be changed by legislature. There's so much. I don't know that we can go through all of this. Letitia says, you legalized Washington, right? Where you can be popped for one seed unless you're a state licensed producer? Um, Letitia, guess what the penalty was? Before I-502 passed for having even one seed. The same fucking penalty it is now, you dolt. Jesus. Yes, I agree. Washington's legalization sucks because it doesn't have home grow in it. Good thing Prop 64 learned from that and put a home grow in it that cannot be banned by cities and counties. What part of better versus worse is this is is hard to understand here, Letitia? Why why is this difficult? Because you want it to be difficult. You're trying to sow the seeds of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Because even you can see the polls that show seventy one percent of Californians are going to pass this thing, and that people like you, little whiny stoner against legalization bitches, are falling into irrelevancy, and clearly being shown. To be batshit crazy. I've had enough of this. I can understand Kevin Sabet and the cops and the rehabs and the drug testers and the pharmaceutical industry and the alcohol industry and all these other parasites of prohibition that want to vote to keep me a criminal. But when people who've been protected for their use of cannabis and cultivation of cannabis for going on 20 years now, want to tell me that I have to be a criminal unless I lie to join their special club? Well, fuck you. This is my right. This is my natural heritage. This is 
granted to me by my creator, and I don't need a king, a cleric, or a clinician to tell me I have the right to use a plant in my body. Now, you want to prop up a bunch of these pot docs so they can keep making easy money at 40 bucks a pop listening to someone lie about why they need pot? Then fine. Have it your way. But you know and I know that as soon as legalization passes in California and Prop 64 passes, that a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of people who had been going to those docks getting their little permission slips so they could shop in the dispensaries ain't coming back. They're going to realize that, hey, you know, I, I don't grow, really. Or if I do, I don't need to grow a lot. And Hell, I only really need an ounce. It's not like I'm smoking you know, pounds or anything. Why do I need to pay 40 bucks or 50 bucks or 75 bucks to dock in the box? <sighs> She says, quote, I support Prop 215. It gives equal access to all to cannabis, including less than 21, as much as needs. Well, then it's a good thing Prop 215 ain't going away, isn't it? (laughs) These people seem to think that you're going to pass Prop 64 and medical marijuana is going to go away. And, of course, she brings up Washington in the previous tweet. See what happened in Washington? Oh, my God. Folks, Washington is Washington. Washington is not a good example for anything else. Washington's own little thing, man. Washington had a completely unregulated, wild west, full of shenanigans, medical marijuana system that was being abused left and right. And remained so when legalization passed. And put this unregulated Wild West chaos next to a well-regulated, some would say over-regulated, legalization system. And there's no way it could stay an unregulated chaotic mess. And the legislature changed that. Changed it too much, if you ask me. They, They went too far. That ain't legalization's fault. That's medical marijuana's fault. Medical marijuana was a chaotic mess. Not legalization. Legalization was organized and regulated and, you know, I's dotted and T's crossed. And, and again, it's not, all, it's not all the medical purveyor's fault. You know, the legislature tried in 2011 in Washington to try to get this regulated. Governor Gregoire line item vetoed a bunch of stuff. Ann Rivers had a bunch of bills that were going to be somewhat decent, but they couldn't get through because there was fights over the budget, yada, yada, yada. All I know is uh, you got another Pacific Northwest state, Oregon, where none of that shit seemed to happen. I don't know what we did different to get a better situation, but apparently we did. The lesson for Washington, of Washington, for California, is that before you legalize, You ought to make sure to clearly regulate your medical marijuana industry. And California did. They passed the Medical Cannabis Acts, those three different bills last year. So the fate that befell Washington 
is not likely to befall California because they already mitigated it. They already came up with sensible and well-regulated statewide laws for medical. All of these excuses and making mountains out of molehills and conspiracy theories and all that. And it's funny. She came, she keeps coming across on Twitter saying, Oh, the, the, tw- the, there's just not enough characters on Twitter to explain funny. I have no problem explaining why we should vote for legalization in 140 characters or less. Seems like trying to get pot smokers to vote to remain criminals might take a few more characters. To all of you people out there, the Wolfies and the Letitias and the rest of y'all who keep wanting to challenge me to some debate, you got to pay me. I don't talk for free. Throw a thousand bucks my way. I'll come. I'll come debate you. All right. We'll get some real news after this. I swear. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. The Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio. You got me running. You got me hiding. Run, hide, and hide, run, and any way you won't let her roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got me doing what you want me, baby. Girl, what you want me to do? Shut up and do a podcast as I want you to do. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We need to build a wall. Okay, maybe you're high too. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. 
All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of the Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. 39 after the hour. I got some other stories here to get to because if I spend any any more time on Letitia Pepper, I'm going to start cursing even more. I try not to. People come on the show sometimes, they say, oh, FCC, you can't say that, can I? I'm like, no, 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 fuck that. We're on the internet. You can say anything you like. Ain't no FCC here. Um, but uh, generally, I don't like to cuss on the air. Uh, just a good habit to have, because sometimes I go on, you know, terrestrial radio or TV and don't want to let an F-bomb fly. <laughs> All right, let me get to some of these stories. We'll round these up here for the day. Um, story out of, uh, where's KREM? KREM 2, where are they located? I don't know. Well, maybe I could find out. Oh, Spokane, Spokane, Washington area. All right. So the story here uh, from KREM is Idaho struggles to keep pot smugglers at bay. But while Oregon and Washington see tax revenue pour in from recreational pot sales, their neighbor to the east is struggling to keep up. Oh, no. Story is out of Coeur d'Alene and uh, talks about how between 2011 and 2015, the Idaho State Police saw a huge increase in the amount of pot they seized from people passing through the state. Idaho State Police Captain John Kempf said, quote, We've seen almost approximately a 1,000% increase in the amount of marijuana that we've seized in Idaho since it's become legal in Washington. End quote. So in 2011, Idaho State Police seized 131 pounds of marijuana. And in 2015... That was 1,644 pounds. And this is just the bus of a pound or more. This isn't like popping someone coming across the border that got an ounce on them or whatever. So probably much more than what we got here. So 1,644 pounds coming across Idaho. Now, um, the Liquor and Cannabis Board in Washington says um, anything you Idaho cops are seizing ain't coming from the legal marijuana that we passed because we've got seed-to-sale tracking. And we haven't seen any diversions out of our seed-to-sale tracking system. So that ain't, that ain't legal marijuana, legalized marijuana that's making its way into smugglers' trunks. These guys are the same smugglers they've always been. So long as marijuana is illegal somewhere, there's going to be a black market for it that will supply it. I theorize that there's always been 1,600 pounds of marijuana going across Idaho. It's just now after legalization, Idaho State Police is paying very close attention to eastbound cars with Oregon and Washington plates on them. Again, my analogy. Just because you went fishing on Tuesday and caught two fish and then went fishing on Wednesday and caught 20 fish doesn't mean there's more fish in the river. 
Could be you got a better fishing spot, the weather was better, you brought a net, you used different bait. And the same thing applies to Idaho State Police seizing more marijuana. Now you've got a net, and you know where the fishing holes are, and you've got better bait, and you're catching more of the pot smokers and the pot smugglers. So yeah, the, the, the black market growers in Oregon and Washington that were shipping across Idaho and make it to Chicago or wherever... They're still there. They're still out there and they're still growing. And they're still shipping. Legalization in, in Oregon can't end the black market in Chicago. This is what is frustrating our opponents, you know, and they'll say, oh, well, you got legalization didn't end the black market. It did for the most part in the states where it's legal. I haven't bought an illegal bag in years. So if you want to stop this problem, you've got to legalize marijuana everywhere. <laughs> These Idaho, uh, uh, Idaho uh, Captain Kempf, the, the state cop said, quote, It has become a burden for Idaho because these are not, typically they're not Idaho criminals. We wind up importing them here. They get caught here. We prosecute them here. End quote. Well, then, sorry, I guess you're going to have to keep spending taxpayer money busting potheads, aren't you? You're still going to have to keep going after it because Idaho just can't get around legalizing marijuana. Well, tough. Sorry. In uh, Bloomberg.com, there's uh, a story on how the cannabis industry is expected to be worth $50 billion in 10 years. By 2026, $50 billion. Now, this is uh, a report from 10 Cowan and Company. They released it on Monday. And the forecast assumes federal legalization of marijuana. I think that's a, a bold assumption. I know people are looking at... Uh, the rapid rise of marijuana legalization and how we got nine states on the ballot and have this feeling like it's kind of inevitable that the, the, you know, the feds are just going to have to come around on this. I don't see the federal government moving quickly on this. Really? This isn't like a gay marriage kind of debate where the courts can just immediately solve it. This is a, this is a situation where we've got the controlled substances act to deal with. We've got international treaties to deal with. We've got entrenched bureaucracies like NIDA, DEA, FDA, ONDCP that we all have to deal with. The dismantling of federal prohibition. I'd like to see it done by 2026. Don't get me wrong. I'd, I'd love to see it. And who knows, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this thing changes real quick, but I, I just don't, I don't think so. I think we're going to have to see marijuana legalization develop in the states. And I, and I think we'll get the, you know, some of the things we need, like, you know, the banking bill that'll allow us to have bank accounts and, and, you know, fix IRS 280E and maybe some of those kind of things. But I don't, I don't see, I don't see the feds like removing cannabis from the Controlled Substances Act, which is what the end of federal prohibition would have to be, because if they just reschedule it, if they just put it schedule two or three, we're not much better off really. And maybe somewhat worse off because the federal prohibition right now 
is the only thing that's keeping well-capitalized megacorporations from getting into this, these, these multinationals. You know, they, can't, they can't get into the legal marijuana biz so much because you know, they can't take it across state lines and they're violating federal law and have all sorts of problems. The report says uh, that legal marijuana would be a major opportunity for big tobacco, as you know, Kevin Sabet always warns us, because they've got the uh, they've got the vaporizing technologies, crop growing technologies. They got the lawyers that can deal with complex regulations. They've got the distribution already taken care of. But Altria and Reynolds and all these big tobacco companies can't get involved while it's still you know small potatoes, while it's still just state level. But according to the report, they say that tobacco companies may make up about one-fifth of the cannabis industry by 2036, adding more than 20% to their revenue and nearly doubling tobacco's underlying growth. And uh, you know, this, is, uh, this would be a natural fit for them because people are increasingly giving up on smoking cigarettes. And if we turn big tobacco into big marijuana, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Of course, our side, people fear that. They fear the, the big companies getting in. And, and if you do, if you fear the Altrias and the Reynolds and other tobacco makers getting in, then federal prohibition is, is, is a good thing at this point. Because as these states develop, as they build their own state-based cannabis industries, it provides a head start. It provides a way for these companies, especially the California ones, to get big enough that they can fight off an Altria or a Reynolds, that they can actually compete with those guys. So maybe we're better off that federal prohibition stays around for a while. If, if we can get the banking thing solved and get the IRS thing solved, that'd be a good start. I mean, of course, we've got to eventually end this prohibition for all the reasons. I mean, having our gun rights and et cetera. And uh, according to uh, the report's lead author, a 24% 10-year revenue compound annual growth rate is hard to find in consumer staples, in particular, one with a $50 billion endpoint. Follow the money, man. Hey, maybe, maybe that gives lie to my theory about when the feds legalize. There's so much money out there to be made. That could motivate this thing to move a little quicker. Here's a, a topic out of Washington that I don't want to see move any quicker, and that is Congress pushes for drug testing for un unemployment benefits. Uh, U.S. Representative Kevin Brady, a Republican of Texas, introduced a bill that would give the states the right, but not the requirement, to drug test, quote, Applicants who lost their jobs due to drug use or are seeking a new job that generally requires new employees to pass a drug test, end quote. Brady also said, quote, this is a common sense measure to ensure unemployed workers are ready and available to work. If you are unable or unwilling to pass a basic drug test for a job that requires one, then you suffer, your family suffers, and so do the businesses looking for good workers, end quote. But here's the problem. This drug testing for welfare, this drug testing for unemployment, this drug testing for benefits always finds 
that it costs more to institute the drug tests than what you save in the benefits from catching people who fail. They also find that the people applying for these benefits fail at much lower rates than the general public. And the problem with this, and with an unemployment especially, is that unemployment is something is an insurance that you pay into. Like you, you, part of your paycheck is helping to cover what may be your unemployment insurance. So really, what this drug testing for the unemployment insurance allows companies to do is to keep the money that you invested in your own unemployment insurance. It's an insurance policy. Now, in 2012, President Obama signed a law that allowed drug testing for some unemployment applicants, but it hasn't been implemented. Uh, There's a rule from the Labor Department from the 1960s that bans drug testing for unemployment. But Brady says that most employers drug test more than half drug test all their employees. So uh, we've got to... uh, We've got a drug test for unemployment. And one of the things I hate when this issue comes up is when people offer the excuse, well, if you have to take a drug test to go to work, you ought to have to take a drug test to get employment. Folks, the solution to your oppression is not the oppression of those lower than you. You shouldn't have to take a drug test for work either. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash. And I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Normal stands for responsible adult cannabis use. If cannabis use is causing problems in your life, consider taking a break or seeking medical assistance. Consider ceasing cannabis use if you have a family history of mental illness. Don't drive or operate heavy machinery while impaired by cannabis use. Cannabis use is not without risks, even though the risks may be far less than those posed by legal drugs. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. 
Russ Belville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest growing business association in the fastest growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel One on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. Hello, Mr. Man. Hi. I'm doing, I'm, I'm working. I'm sorry. No food till this is done. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, all right, all right. 4.55 here in the Pacific Time Zone. Time to wrap things up, but we'll have more great shows coming up this week because we are beginning our countdown to Marijuana Election Night 2016. We are going to be featuring... Every week from now till uh, election night, representatives from the legalization and medical campaigns to update us on what's going on, to give us a little uh, look at what's contained in their initiatives and how we can help get them passed. You'll hear these interviews on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mondays, we'll stick with Dr. Mitch, and Thursdays, we will have Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, and this Thursday... Our other alternating Thursday segment will be the brand new segment, Cultivator's Corner with Jorge Cervantes, the legendary grower. He'll be joining us every other Thursday. So on Thursday, you either get a leap or you get Jorge. So that'll be great. We'll have our live uh, chat room and our phone line open. You can ask Jorge your questions and we'll get them answered for you. Joining us tomorrow for our Marijuana Election Night preview, we've got California Normal's Ellen Comp. We told you how there's going to be over 60 local votes going on in California on election night uh, regarding dispensary bans and limits and taxes and all sorts of stuff. We'll get a rundown on some of those from uh, Ellen Comp at California Normal on tomorrow's show. On Wednesday, we've got uh, uh, Bobby Tuna himself. Robert Platshorn is joining us from the Silver Tour. He's going to give us a... Update on Florida's Amendment 2 and the uh, protests against Publix, the grocery store. Again, Thursday, we'll have uh, Jorge Cervantes. And on Friday's show, we're trying to get Kayvon Kalatbari from the Denver uh, Neighborhood Supported Social Use Initiative. Still waiting to hear back from him, but I think he'll be on the show. So plenty of election stuff coming up here on the Russ Belleville Show. Also, this weekend, Saturday, flying out to Boston for the Boston Freedom Rally. I'll be speaking twice, and I'm on two panels there in Boston. Hope to see you there. That's all the time we got for today. Time flies when you legalize. We'll be back tomorrow with more news, views, and interviews you can use for the cannabis community. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us, and until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth.